I want to dive into our first kind of intro lesson into our theme for the week. So this week, we're going to be talking about what it means to be God's people or God's church, right? When we talk about church, and, and we'll really dive into this tomorrow, I think there's lots of ideas that we have about church. But that's kind of the main thing, um, theme that we'll be talking about the next couple of days. But first, before that, I want to talk about Plato. So when I was um, growing up, did anyone have like the, the really cool Play-Doh things that like you could like put Play-Doh in and then it would like squeeze like hair out of somebody's head or it would be like these crazy, like I always wanted those, but never, you guys, wow, you were so, so special. Um, that, that stuff was so cool to me and I loved because it, it, it could form in it, it looked awesome. And Play-Doh is like a really interesting thing, right? Because you get in your head what you want to create and then you just get to create it, right? So right now, I have something in my head as the creator that I want to create out of this Play-Doh. Landon, can you help me make it? Okay, go for it. You have two more seconds. <laughs> Time's up. Okay, thanks, Landon. You made a cross. That is not what I was looking for, unfortunately. Um, Eliana, can you help me? Will you make what I want to be created out of that? You have two seconds as well. Time is up. So close. If I could get the Play-Doh back from you, even though it looks so good. I was actually going for the Eiffel Tower. Um, close, Eliana and Landon both. But that's what I wanted this, that's what I was designing this, this lump of Play-Doh to be. But Landon didn't know that, Eliana didn't know that, and so they were forming something else. I think in our lives, we're formed by things all the time. There's people, there's uh, circumstances that form us. We're like this Play-Doh, and it's impressionable, right? Where if I toss it to someone else, they could put an impression or leave their stamp on this Play-Doh, but that's not necessarily what the creator, the person who owns the Play-Doh, the person that made the Play-Doh, wants this Play-Doh play 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 to be, or what it wants it to be formed into. And my question for us to think about tonight is who or what is forming you in your life? And what do I mean by that? That's like a weird thing to talk about. Like who or what is forming you? Who or what is making impressions? And I just want you to think about that. What circumstances in your life have you gone through that has formed you, that has changed you, that has put an impression on you like this Play-Doh that's lasting? What uh, family members or friends have formed you, have put an impression on you, have changed you? What influences, what music do you listen to, or Netflix shows do you watch, or books that you read, or clubs that you belong to, or sports that you play? What in your life is forming you and giving you shape? Yeah, question, Malia. Sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, no worries. Or you were going to answer? Oh, an answer. Yeah, you want to answer? Go for it. Yeah, totally. I think close friends and family, parents, especially I think middle school and high schools, those are some of the biggest relationships that we care about in, in, in the ways that we're formed. And for good and for bad. Sometimes there's forming that happens to us that's really good. 
we have good examples to follow where good circumstances or good things take place and that forms us and changes us and makes, makes us care about good things. But then we have some bad things too. Like I just found out today that Camus is no longer having, school's all going to be online for the foreseeable future in the fall, right? I don't know if all of you heard about that. That's something that forms you, right? Being on Zoom or online all the time. That's changing social interactions and changing some of the things that, that you were hoping for this next year, and that impacts you. Just being in a pandemic during this time and all the other things that have been going on in our world and in our personal lives, those things form us and shape us and change us. Someone saying something mean one time to us, for whatever reason, can just be like a, an indent in us as Plato that hangs with us for a long time disappointments, um, letdowns, whatever it might be, times where we felt alone, those all can be things that form us. I think sometimes it feels like if we are a lump of Play-Doh, we get passed around to all these different people, all these different things, and finally we can ask the question like, gosh, what am I being formed into and how did I even get here? Like, how did I get to this spot to where this is what I feel like or this is what I look like? Is this really who I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to live? I know I've felt like that in my life before. I don't know if you guys have. Or sometimes even just a gnarly situation where it's like, what do I even do? How did I get here? How did this happen? There's a group of people in the Bible who are living in a city called Athens. Athens. And they are being formed by anything and everything. They're a place where they're all about learning the newest ideas and the newest like trends to follow. So much so that they, um, they actually have like temples of worship where there's all these different uh, altars or idols that are set up to any and every kind of God possible from all these different cultures and different places because they just want to cover all their bases and they're getting all this input and all this formation from all these different beliefs, all these different gods, all these different people and they're just trying to absorb it all and take it all in. But there's this guy named Paul who goes to Athens and he's in a room talking with some of the men, some of the people there from Athens and he says that um, there's this new idea. He, there's this new idea and he's wanting to explain it to them. And so they ask him, okay, Paul, explain to us what it is that you have for us. And this is the book of Acts, chapter 17, starting at verse 22. Paul says this, Then Paul stood up in the meeting of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and I looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. So they, they even, even though they have all these altars and idols to all these other gods, they so much want to take in everything that they make this altar to an unknown God just in case they miss something and they're trying to cover it. And so he says, now I'm going to show you something about this un unknown God. Verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself 
gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And, and catch this part. This part is so good. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. When we're being formed by circumstances, by people, good things, bad things, all of that is telling us a story. A story of what life is actually about. Like every good story, there, there's a main character, and in, in it, the main character is setting out to achieve or to do something, right? Like Harry Potter, um, stripped down in some ways, he, he forever wants to know why his parents sacrificed their life for him, why he has this mark, and why he was the boy who lived. And so once he finds out he's a, you're a wizard, Harry, right? Like once he finds that out, everything in his world changes and he, he goes to seek and find out what that actually means. When we're formed by things, it shapes our story. But here, Paul is offering a new story to these people in Athens. There's a new story that's actually the true story. That there is a God who is a creator. He tells them, um, the God who made the whole world and everything in it. You have all these little gods you've set up idols to. This God over here that is the God of trees or the God of deer or the God of love or the God of Reese's peanut butter cups, right? Like God's over everything. He's like, guess what? There is one God who made it all, is over it all, and cares for it all. And then at the end, in verse 27, he says, God did this so that men would seek him, that they could actually know this God. They can have a relationship with this God. This God wasn't just like a God that sat in a temple as like a pillar or a little block of wood or something. This God is actually relational. And he's telling this group of people, this is the true story that you need and that you belong to and that is true. Let that be the story that forms you. At the end, he said... For in him we live and move and have our being, have our form, have our sense of what we were made for, what we were created for, relationship with him and an overflow in our lives of that truth, that we were made for relationship with God. We were made to worship God, to walk with God, and to recognize God as Lord over all. The story that the Bible offers us is a story about who forms us, how he forms us, and what he's forming us for. Who forms us? Being God. That God is the one that gives us our being. God is the creator. God is the one that knew us before we were ever born, before we were ever a thought in our parents' minds. That we weren't an accident, that we weren't a mistake, but he knew us. And we were created with purpose. And he's the one that's forming us. He's the one that actually brings us life. He's the one that knows what the Plato 
is for. And how he forms us is, is through truth and by his spirit. That God isn't just like a God that sits in a temple far off, but he's a God that for those who have trusted in him, gives his own personal presence to, to dwell in his people. A God who lives in his people, in their hearts, so that we might know him and walk with him daily. And also a God who, who how he forms us is through truth, through his word, through reading his word in scripture, through hearing his word read, through hearing someone preach his word, through someone encouraging someone else with what is true about what God says. That's why we do all those things at youth group on a regular basis, why we sit in a circle and we hear someone say, gosh, I just don't feel like I matter or I'm loved. And then someone else says, no, that's not what God says is true. Like God does love you. He loves you so much that he would send his own son. We remind each other of these things. That God even has his word and his truth imprinted on our minds and our hearts so that in hard circumstances or situations, we would remember it. And we remember the true story that we belong to. And what is he forming us into? Well, ultimately, he's forming us into his people. He's forming us into his church. And it's a collective thing. So much in our world is individualistic. So much of our word tell, world tells us, like, do what feels right for you. But what God says is come be a part of a body. Come be a part of a group, of a people that is all geared towards one thing, towards the worship of God and the spreading and reflecting of who this God is in the world. He's forming us to be a people. And that's what we're going to break down the rest of this week, what it means to be those kind of people. And this kind of formation isn't just something that we know, but it becomes our identity. It becomes now what is forming us and what is changing us, what we're moving towards. So my question for you just to think about tonight, tomorrow, the next day, who or what in your life is forming you currently? Who or what is forming you? What's influencing you? What's leaving those impressions in the Play-Doh? And also, this is hard. I don't know if I could have done this in middle school or high school. I want you to see yourself in 50 years. Think to the future. And with who or what is forming you now, what kind of person do you become in the future? With who or what that's forming you now? What kind of person do you become in the future? And if you're here and if you're a Christian, if you're someone who has placed your trust in Jesus, with what is forming you now, who's forming you now, is the trajectory of your life headed towards being someone who is a follower of Christ, who more and more is growing in the knowledge of, in relationship with Jesus, and enjoying that relationship with him on a constant basis, growing through the ups and downs of life. So with that, um, that's where I want to invite my friend Max up, because Max, um, I've gotten to see this process with him where Max, if I'm, I'm from right, dude, and you can come up now, um, he did not grow up in the church or in a Christian home or anything like that. And there's been in the last four years, five years especially, 
a change that's happened in him because who or what has been forming him has drastically shifted as he has gotten to know the Lord. So how we're going to do this is I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Max, (laughs) I'm going to ask Max some questions and he's going to share his story with you guys. So Max, when you were in middle school and high school, what was forming you? Like what story were you living into and what did you feel like the world was saying, this is who you need to be, Max, right here and now? Well, um, it started out in sixth grade. I felt like I had like two separate um, domains. I felt like school was one thing and home was another thing. And um, like in, when I was at school, I felt like fitting in was like where, like what I needed to do. And like that's, that's kind of the label that middle school gives you is um, like that's your transition and that's where you find yourself. And I, that's true. That's what happened to me there in middle school. And um, so... Moving on to seventh grade, um, it, it, that just kind of continued, and I started to grow and have like more friends, and my friend um, and social scheme expanded. And then come eighth grade year, that's when I really developed like a stronger friend group. And um, actually, that the end of eighth grade year, I was introduced to Young Life, hmm. and because um, there was some people that were going to it, and my buddies we hadn't gone to it before and we're like oh let's let's just try this out let's go to young life this summer it was our eighth grade summer and so we did that and um that was like an awesome experience we were at creekside i don't know if you guys know creekside young life camp but um i had two leaders and it was one of them was kai and they like were so awesome in helping me and just like come to jesus and like know who he is i wasn't there yet in a relationship with jesus mm-hmm. but like that was really my first like introduction yeah to jesus so you had like multiple things going on then you had yeah. like in middle school the pressure of like belonging figuring out who you are right for whatever reason that's like the first setting we care about that um so like figuring out who you are and where you fit but then like you i think when you were telling me earlier you felt more safe and comfortable at home because yeah. You didn't feel those pressures as much. So it was like a double life there. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, there's all of a sudden this this God thing, right? This like group of Christians yeah. that now, like that's a third thing you're kind of juggling of like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so at school I felt like I, I, was, I was over here and I had like my friends and like everything that like I was supposed to be and like what school was about. And then over here um, was God. And right in middle school I was like here I was set here I didn't really have much of a clue about what was going on over here and home was kind of over here as well yeah yeah where you felt most comfortable was like I'm with my friends doing my thing trying to be known and popular and all that kind of stuff so then in high school did that change at all did that shift or what started what did what was forming or what does what was like driving your life at that point so going into high school after I had that young life experience it was like we, a huge group of us um, went to Young Life, and that was super awesome. And so going into freshman year, like all like girls and guys, we all were like, oh, dude, let's do this together. Like, you know, we've got um, Young Life behind us. And so freshman year was like super cool, and everybody was like really tight. Um, but after that, it kind of like, when, it, when you get into high school, you kind of get like this feeling of like, 
oh, like, let's, let's look up at the upperclassmen and, like, let's do what they're doing, you know, type of thing. And it's, mm-hmm. like, follow, like, what's cool. And, it's like, like Joel with Jazzercise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Watch out and for those so, Joels at high school. Um, that's what it, it just, that's what it just came to be, like, sophomore year. Hmm. And, um, but, so... We still went to Young Life Camp, like, through the summer, but, and that, that kind of continued, that, that was the, in the background. Yeah. But, like, high school was, like, still, like, okay, popular, like, just, like, you're over here, like, your whole social scheme. But this was kind of, like, I was kind of, like, growing, getting mm-hmm. inching, like, I was, like, okay, I, I, this is over here, like, I, I'm curious about this. Yeah. And, um, through Young Life, I developed, like, friends and, like, um relationship with people like you and really cool awesome people and at the same time while my life is over here and i'm like living not a life of god i have i have like people over here that are still like asking me like dude you should come to church or you know like come experience this with us and my curiosity was like only growing and um so yeah and what what do you feel like was starting to draw you was it just the people inviting you, or what was starting to like entice you or draw you to like want to know more mm-hmm. about who God is and what it meant to follow Him or to have a relationship with Him? So, um, yeah, it was also it was a lot was like the community that I had over here. But um, so going through sophomore year, it, I it really went like downhill, and not in like in a sad downhill way, but just like a lifestyle that was yeah. more downhill, and. Um, and then junior year came around, and we had went to Young Life Summer that junior year. So that was still, like, you know, like, there. Um, but I was still over here while God's over here. And um, and then my junior year, um, I was playing football, and I almost and I got hit in the gut, and um, I had to go to the hospital for, like, two weeks. I almost died. And, um, my, and then after I recovered from that, like, a week later, I found out my dad had cancer. So, like, it was just a rough junior year. Yeah, and um, and then like, kind of came to a light. I was like, what? I was I was like in my hospital bed. I was like, what is like the point of life? Hmm. Yeah, and um, that makes sense with everything you were going through. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but um, so I was just there. I was in that place. I was kind of like, like floating right here in the yeah. middle. and I was like, okay, there's something more, and um, so. My dad was like, he was like with me too. He's like, let's do this together. Like, let's 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 pursue like Christianity. And I mean, before before everything, I like when I was young, I was like in the Catholic Church, like because my mom was Catholic and mm-hmm. we did that. And being in the Catholic Church, it felt like it was just like rules and like discipline. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It feels nothing like Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like what I knew. Yeah. Jesus was before now. Yeah. And so it was like really. It was kind of like almost like not enticing to mm, like mm-hmm. be, have a relationship with Jesus because it felt like, oh, I'm going to have to like give up my social scheme being like popular, like having all this stuff on the side. It just felt like it was all to do's. And, yeah, it was yeah, like, it, right felt and like wrong. it felt like I was giving up like everything that was my identity and like everything that I um, like loved and like not loved, but like was a part of and like that's like what mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. and like that I'm giving up for jesus but i didn't know what it was at the time i was like okay but i was curious mm-hmm. so yeah um so after that junior year i was i started like transitioning and 
I was separated from my friends, kind of, because I, I had to do Clark running start because um, I was so, like, I've been out of school for, like, two months, so I was, like, there's no way I was catching up. And so through that, I feel like God did that on purpose so that I was, like, separated from my friends almost. Mm -hmm. And so that influence, like, kind of made a gap, mm -hmm. and he filled that gap. Mm -hmm. And um, so he kind of opened a space for himself because he felt like I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I love in your story, too, like, as you were even sharing it with me earlier, that it's just, like, God is working behind the scenes over and over and over again and doing all these things of pursuing you to draw you to himself till finally you came to the spot where you're like, okay, Lord, I'm all in. And so when, when did that start to happen? Was it a moment? Was it moments of leading up of like, I'm trusting in Jesus now? Or what was that yeah. process like for you? So um, I think it was, I'd, I had come to this young this youth group before like sophomore year yeah a couple times and, yeah. yeah a couple times but i came with like some buddies and it didn't really mean like so a ton to us so it's probably a bad speaker that night probably <laughs> yeah, probably on. andrew hurst but, no. um, <laughs> but then i ended up like just coincidentally ended up coming the wednesday before winter retreat that junior year yeah Coincidentally, and, um, <laughs> and Christian and Matt came up to me and like, dude, you should come to winter retreat this weekend. And it was like two days notice because it was Wednesday. Yeah. And I was like, like we do. I was like, okay, maybe. <laughs> and um, so I went home and I was like, dang, I really feel like I need to go to this. Yeah. You know. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I went to winter retreat and that was like really like super awesome and it was changing. And I came back, and from then on, I was, like, going to youth group, like, every night, every Wednesday night. And um, and I just started developing, like, a growth. Mm -hmm. And God was, like, calling me, and I was, like, going, and it was, like, awesome. And, um, and, I, and so I started, like, chatting with my Young Life leaders, and they were, like, supporting me. And we'd go get coffee, like, Kai or Alex, and um, we'd just, like, talk about it and, like, get through stuff. And it was super awesome. And then, so, <clears throat> from then on, it's just been, like, I've realized, like, how much, like, more worth life is over here as opposed to being, like, here. And um, just, like, what what's valuable here and, like, what's meaning, yeah. more meaningful over here. One of the cool, like, behind-the-scenes things with Max and Winter Retreat, too, so... For weeks, we only had one high school guy sign, or one upperclassman high school guy, and that was Presley. And we as a staff kept praying, like, God, would you bring one more high school dude? Just one, Lord, would you please? And then Max shows up the Wednesday before, and we're like, oh, right? Like, like it's just this answer to prayer, and really it was. And, and yet we had no idea what was going on in Max's life, but... God is doing all this to bring him to a spot. He's having our faith join in with it of praying for Presley to have a friend to come. And then they became friends that week. It's just so cool to see how God works and, and, and just brings those things together. So since then now, Max, looking yeah. back, how have you seen, like as we're talking about formation, right, and God forming us, what's been changing in your life? If you're like this this Play-Doh, what, what shape now is God giving you and, and, and how has he been forming you to be a, a person of God, to be his, a part of his church? Yeah, definitely. So 
I've realized like so much change in my life and like where my goals have mm-hmm. have changed too. They've changed direction and not even my goals, like God's goals for me. And um, I just like I've gone from like this whole scheme of things to like serving the Lord and just like really following the calling of the gospel and like what um, God calls of me to do. Hmm. And I feel like that's just like had such a big impact because it's not only like for God, it's like it really affects like yourself too. Hmm. And it makes a difference in who you are. And I feel like that's part of God's plan is to form you. And that's, and through serving and um, changing a lifestyle and loving Hmm. other people, it changes you as well. Yeah. And it does God's work at the same time. Yeah, it's crazy. He doesn't want it to just be individual separately that he's just like, okay, let me work on you over here. Work on, but he brings people together so that Max is like a blessing to us now as he's sharing. But then also that we're a blessing to Max because yeah. we're all focused on the same one together, the same creator together. And he's forming us together in this, which is so awesome. Um, so last thing, Max, looking back, how would you want to, if you, what, what do you wish you knew when you were in middle school, high school, that you would just want to share with these guys tonight, that you just want to encourage them with? And like, man, if I could go back and this could be different, here's what it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like the biggest piece of advice I could give to you guys and where you're at now, I feel like it would be to not wait for, don't wait for a relationship with Jesus. <clears throat> um and mainly don't rely on your friends or family or whoever like you think you need to wait for in order to have a relationship with Jesus. I feel like that was my struggle and I was like waiting like I was like with my friends. I was like I'm not going to do this without my friends. Yeah. So that's what you mean by rely where it's like yeah. once they once they're in, I'm in, yeah, right? We're, yeah. We're doing it together. It's like and um, I feel like that's like a big thing that when it comes to Christianity, that's probably what a lot of people have dealt with when they mm. have come to Christianity is like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it with somebody else. And that's great if you if you are doing it with somebody else. Yeah. But um, a lot of the times when you're younger, I feel like just waiting on your friends or like I'm, I'm just here because my friend is here. Mm-hmm. That's not the way to go. Mm. And I know that everybody here is here deep down because they're curious mm. or or you're a Christian, but... If you're curious, like, I encourage everybody to take that leap of faith and um, just go for it because what you're leaving behind is so much less than what is ahead of you. Hmm. That's awesome, man. And I've seen, too, for you how, like, sometimes your friends have been like, okay, now's the time that we're in, and then it doesn't last. But you've you've kept following Jesus through the ups and downs that they've gone through. How how do you stay consistent like that? Like, and it, I don't, my guess is it's not just like you're like focusing really hard to stay like con- committed to Jesus. But what would you say to this guy, to these guys, like has helped you continue to follow Jesus, even though your friends haven't? Yeah. Well, I feel like I definitely, like, that was one of my insecurities when I um, started following Jesus was like, okay, well I'm giving up a lot of my friends and a lot of my social scheme. Like what's, what's going to be there and to replace that. And I was, mm. I was like, like, dude, am I going to, like, like I don't know how I'm going to give that up. Hmm. And what I, one of the things I learned is that God provides. And he's provided me with, like, tons of friends that are Christians and that are super, like, uplifting and um, awesome people. Like Tucker and Aubrey and Matt hmm. and Christian. And um, so 
like I just like if you're if you're at that point where you're like I don't want to give something I don't want to give this up in order to have a relationship with God um, just know that he will provide and and fill that gap um, with whatever you're worried about yeah, that's, and that's, I think, the hard part is, tr- like, fully, we've talked about entrusting ourselves to God uh, a lot, and sometimes it's, like, entrusting in those situations. If, if I really let go of this, Lord, will you, will you sustain me? Like, will you fill that? Will you be who you say that you are? And my guess is that each of us have things where it's hard. I have things where it's hard for me to let go and trust God with it. Um, but I love that in Max's story, it's just, for him, proof and evidence that God is good and God cares for us. And that when he saves us, he saves us into community, into family, into a body. Even in that passage in Acts 17, right, that, that Paul even says to the people in Athens, like even you have poems that say you are his offspring, which means you are his children, right? And so it's a family that we're brought into. Well, thanks, Max. Let's give Max a hand, guys. Thank you. We're just about done. One last thought is um, the story that Max is sharing right here as he was a sixth grader, as he was a sophomore, as he was a senior, he probably could not see all that God was doing in his story and all that he was able to share right now. And my guess is that you here can't fully see what God's doing. Um, I can't fully see what God's doing. And during this season in the pandemic, we're at youth group, we're wearing masks and we're socially distanced. And now you find out school isn't happening in the fall in person. Like, God, what are you doing in all of this? How are you forming me? How is this? How are you using this for good? Can I actually trust you with this? That my hope is one day all of you would be able to stand up here in front of a youth group and say, this is what God has done. When I've trusted in him, when I've, when I've leaned into him, when I've, when I've remembered his promises and what is true, and when he's formed me through his word and through his spirit, this is what, what, what's come out of it, and I can praise God for it. So thanks, Max, for sharing that with us, and I hope that's an encouragement to you in whatever it is that you're facing currently or in the future, that you would have hope and that you would have eyes to see how God is at work pursuing you and drawing you to, your, to himself. This week's going to be a good one, guys. We're going to talk more about what it means to be God's people and, and how that's an identity thing that we collectively, it's not just like me, I'm God's person, but no, we collectively are God's people if we're Christians, if we're following Jesus. And if you're here and, and you don't consider yourself a Christian, for one, it is so awesome to have you. And we're so glad you're here. And I'm, I hope that this week is an invitation to you, an invitation for you to see what God is like and for you to see what it means if you were to place your trust in God, what it means to be someone who is a follower of God. And so kind of look, right? Like just like Max was saying for a while in his life, it was like, I'm doing this young life thing. I'm kind of just checking it out for a distance. But slowly but surely, the Lord was pulling him more and more to himself through that. And so I encourage you to look and I encourage you to see who is it that these people believe in and what does it mean to walk with him or to have a relationship with him?